you are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 20th of December from Oklahoma City. Where the Jazz get ready for the Thunder. Donovan Mitchell's on the injury report. I've seen the city edition. We'll talk expansion, why old-timers are all upset, and the NBA 5 on a Wednesday edition of Locked on Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. Hope you're doing great. Oh, my gosh, we almost get to come home. This road trip is officially long. Uh, actually, funny little road trip stories for you. Like, how long? Uh, I just looked to see who was sponsoring today's show and realized that yesterday I did Wednesday's sponsors instead of Tuesday's because I thought that yesterday was Wednesday. So I started to do Facebook Live Thursday today until I suddenly realized I didn't have the right day of the week. I have just no idea what day of the week it is. Um, I should be all mellow and calm today because I just did yoga. To, had to do yoga because my body is just thrashed from five different hotel beds and different seats and all that kind of stuff. Uh, this one's long. Uh, it's part of the gig, but it's it gets there's a point in time on these trips. We had a great bowling outing uh, yesterday as a group, and then uh, I'm pretty social. I like to talk to strangers. I like to get along with people. Uh, last night I went out for dinner, and I went out by myself. I uh, got to the bar, asked for, or got to the restaurant, asked for a table by myself so that I could not, I mean, and read NBA articles, and I'm actually reading Underground Railroad, too, which is just terrific. Uh, And so, you know, just, you're at this, you're just done. Like, then I came back, uh, my kids have been gone ski racing, and they were home, so I actually just put myself on, I have an Android, so Duo. And just sat in the middle of the uh, kitchen table on a cell phone while they just did their stuff so that you could feel like you're a part of it. It's it's long at this point along the way. It certainly is. Hey, today's a draft Wednesday. Uh, I'll build up a game for you all to play together. Please do. It's so fun. Uh, draft has really been a great addition to Locked On Podcast Network. The best part of any fantasy league you're in is draft day, right? Like, that's the best part of it. Well, you get to do that each and every time with this daily fantasy game. Instead of salary caps, you actually get in with four or five, six other people, and you draft players. It's super fun. A uh, great way to be involved in the games that are taking place on, on each night of the NBA or as the NFL season continues, fun way to play. I strongly suggest going and getting one other buddy, two other buddies, three other buddies, and doing it with them. Use the promo code LOJAZZ, L-O-Jazz and you'll get a $3 deposit. Uh, you'll get a $3 kind of ticket for your first game after your first deposit. Uh, it's super, super fun. If you play Daily Fantasy and you haven't played Draft, uh, this is a great way to do it. If you're not a Daily Fantasy guy, you know what? It's, you can do it for little money. And, uh, you know, if you're not all right with that, you can do it for free. Uh, but you can do it for little money, and it's a great way to stay involved. Super fun. Good way to get the friends together. So uh, throw out an email to three or four buddies and see if you're a text and see if you can get it done. You can actually you can launch a game and then send them all a link uh, to the game if you want to do that and, and get it out there. Uh, we'll also go – we'll have a Locked on Jazz game so you can see who becomes the Locked on Jazz champion. All right, let's get to it. Um, most important thing, 
Probably not. Donovan Mitchell on the injury report is probably the most important thing. But I saw a picture with the shorts of the City Edition uniform. Awesome. So I can't, I don't want to be specific. I don't want to give away too much. I would just say the the things that are out there for uh, the NBA 2K leaked are pretty close. They don't tell the story, though. It's, uh, again, I can't be specific. It's being revealed here on the 27th of December. But it's it's better than that. I loved it. I thought it looked so cool. And when you put the shorts with it, it looks really awesome. Uh, so I'm, I'm really fired up about this. I got to say, I think Nike's done a remarkably good job with the uniforms uh, this year. I feel like the product is just popping off the screen right now. Looks great. So, uh, anyway, I just wanted to share that with you. I have to be a little careful. This is obviously a really big deal for the organization. I would not seen the whole collection together. And it just, the, the picture that's out that I we've all seen, if you're interested in this stuff, that's the NBA 2K leak, does not do justice. So don't form your opinion yet is, I guess, what I'm really telling you. Don't form your opinion yet. When you see the whole thing, it's pretty cool. The golds are great, and I don't think that people thought the golds were going to be that good. The mustard and ketchup game the other night of gold and of the Rockets was so cool looking. I, 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 you know what? I'm not usually into that. I'm not usually a shoe guy, but I'm getting there. It, it's been really cool. All right, Donovan Mitchell is on the injury report with a great toe contusion. I, I alluded to this yesterday. It's why you should listen to Locked on Jazz. We give you insight and information that you cannot get anywhere else, uh, and geeky stats. Uh, but I, I allude to this. I think that's part of the reason why he didn't play the other night. He didn't have, in the fourth quarter, he didn't have his usual bounce. Uh, and the other guys were all playing really well. So, I mean, there were two factors to that. Uh, I don't know what they do tonight because this is a huge game. You'd, you'd love to somehow try to will your way on the fifth game of a road trip to go two and three on this trip, and it, it would be an incredible trip if you can do that. Um, but you also play the next day. If you sit him today, you probably are sitting him tomorrow too, I would think. The game tomorrow is just unconscionable by the NBA. Absolutely unconscionable. I mean, I cannot believe we are playing on the back end of a back-to-back on national television after what the NBA scheduled as a six-game road trip. And we only used it as a five and went back in between, but the NBA scheduled it as a six. Like, what are you doing? Um, so I don't know if Donovan goes tonight. Listed as questionable. I I kind of assume he does not in the sense that he wouldn't be on the injury report otherwise, right? If it's just, you know, I think this was the way of saying he's not playing or it's unlikely he's playing. And by league rules, we got to tell you beforehand, if we just suddenly pull him, that's pretty uncouth inside the league. So that's my guess. And, uh, it's you know, got to get him right, but a little bit of a bummer. Uh, he's been rolling uh, at some point. And the burden it's putting on Joe Ingles, boy, what a what yeoman's effort by Joe Ingles so far. I mean, Joe has played seven straight games of 30 or more, 37 or more in two of the last three. 21 games over 30 minutes. He played 19 all of last year. And when the year started, 
my whole premise on him, which evidently was wrong, was that his body just isn't made for 30 minutes a night. And so if you kind of looked back at him, whenever he did do that, he ended up kind of struggling for a little while, and he has not shown signs of that, to his credit, while playing this. He averaged 24 minutes a night last December. That was Joe Ingles burst onto the scene last December playing 24 minutes a night. He's averaging 31 minutes in December. Guy played 82 games last year and is Boston again this year. Uh, it's it's really impressive. He has played uh, in the t- 21 games in which he's playing over 30 minutes. There's no sign of problems to his numbers. And then in December when he's been playing over 30 minutes a game, He's still shooting 46% from the field, 43% from three, 75% from the free throw line. He's been great. The Jazz defense the last two games, awful. Now, Houston and Cleveland, maybe that's why. But defensive rating of 120 against Cleveland and 132 against Houston, that's even more than there. Five, three of the last five games, the Jazz defense has been awful. It was awful in Milwaukee. Um, as well, uh, with a 122, it was great in Boston, who's not a very good offensive team. It was actually very good in Chicago. We'll see tonight against Oklahoma City, who's not a good offensive team at all. Uh, Oklahoma City's really interesting to me. Everyone keeps talking about when they click in. They've, they've, they've got two things that are interesting going on. One that's interesting about them is that they started the year losing a bunch of games they weren't that they shouldn't have and they're compared to their point differential now they're winning a bunch of games that their point differential says they shouldn't Denver game I'll get to this in NBA 5 was the worst coach game I've ever seen by an NBA head coach I I I'm not kidding Mike Malone what he did to close that game is one of the worst I I I, I don't know what he how many mistakes can you make at one time? And I'm not a believer in that. You actually will notice I almost never talk about the idea that coaches lose games because what I think so faulty in that discussion is that it assumes that the other move that would be made would be right, which I, I, I think that's where there's there's total failure um, in that analysis because the other move wouldn't always be right. That makes sense. Um, and so I think that uh, I'll get into it. The, the, we've talked about this a lot about the Thunder, but this is an isolation based team. Uh, Russell has 208 isolations this year, seventh most in the NBA. Uh, Paul George is 19th most in the NBA isolations, and Carmelo's 24th. Of the top. 50 guys in the league, just top 50, in those isolations, Russell Westbrook is the best of the three in what his rating is, and he's in the bottom half of that 50. He's 27th in the league in productivity. Donovan's 31st, by the way. Carmelo is 31st. Donovan's slumping a little bit. Donovan was higher. And Paul George, of those 50, is 49th. Only Joel Embiid is worse than Paul George of the top 50 guys in isolation. Interesting, Andrew Wiggins is 40, tied with Dwayne Wade for 47th. 
Reggie Jackson, 45th. Dennis Smith Jr., 45th. Aaron Gordon, Wesley Matthews, who was not a good isolation. Bradley Beal, Will Barton, and Jeff Teague. Those are the bottom 10 isolation players in the NBA. So that's, I mean, the essence. So this is what gets interesting to me is when everyone talks about well, when the Thunder get right and figure it out. I, I don't know what that is. I haven't known what it is all year. They're not a good offensive team. They're incredible defensively. They are. They come into the game as the 22nd ranked offensive team. And I'm not sure I know why that, I, I, I'm not sure that, I, I mean, Westbrook's terrible right now. Um, I mean, Westbrook really is, is, is having a terrible year. He was incredible in more ways than one closing the game the other night. Um, he is, but he's having an incredibly inefficient year in the last 10 games. So this is, you know, they're supposed to be figuring it out in the last 10 games. Westbrook shooting 38 from the field, 23% from three. Paul George is shooting 36 from the field, 42% from three. And Carmelo is shooting 37%, 25% from three. Those are terrible numbers. Listen to this. This is amazing. The other night, we watched on the plane, Ron and I watched the Westbrook uh, versus Denver game. That's what it was. In the final nine minutes and 30 seconds... Westbrook touched the ball 17 times. He passed four. In the final 7-11, he touched it 14 times. Almost every time just bringing it up the floor. He passed three. In the final 4-50, he had nine touches. He made one pass. What's more remarkable about this is he's bringing the ball up the floor, so no one's touching it on these possessions. He willed them to the win. But still, that's something else. Today's show is brought to you by my good friends over at Murdoch Hyundai at 4646 South State Street. Actually, yesterday's show was, but today's the day they get their sponsorship. Uh, Because I didn't know the days of the week yesterday. All right, what's our Ionic update? I told you I wanted to sell out all the Ionics. We're down to five. I drove the Ionic, loved it. It's their hybrid. Didn't see another one on the road and have decided that I need to, the Locked On Jazz listener needs to be the smart one that knows about the Ionic. Get your 50 miles to the gallon or thereabouts, no promises, depends what you drive. But that's what we were close to. Great, all the nice bells and whistles, great ride. If you're going to go buy the Prius, go check out the Ionic. Make sure you go check the Ionic over at Murdoch Hyundai. They've also got other incredible eye-opening to me has been driving a Hyundai and learning what the Hyundai has to offer. We started with a Hyundai Santa Fe Sport. Loved it. Every bell and whistle. Absolutely fabulous drive. They told me a story when I first went over there about Robbie Bosco going to buy a Lexus and they tried checked the Hyundai out into buying a Hyundai. And I got to be honest, I thought they were totally full of it. And then I drove it and I to- now I totally get it. If you're in the market for a SUV, make sure you look at the Santa Fe Sport. Make sure you look at it. You, you can decide what you want to do, but for what you get for your dollar, I think you'll be stunned. And then if you're in the market for a hybrid, we're on the personal mission to sell all of the Ionics because I want to drive around and see another Ionic. Now, the funny thing is I'm not driving the Ionic anymore, so I'm going to drive by in the Ionic 
wave at you like, hey, dude, you're driving the Ionic way to go. And you're going to be like, why is this guy in a Chevy Silverado truck like waving at me? But that's all right. Murdoch Hyundai, 4646 South State Street. When you go, you get the Murdoch guarantee of no regrets. Plus, you get the Hyundai Assurance 100,000-mile car uh, insurance as well from Hyundai. Murdoch's no regrets, price guarantees, car washes for life, safety inspections, oil changes. They do it all for you. Extended hours. It's all at 4646 South State Street. Uh, yesterday, I was having a conversation with Doris Burke. We do chat every now and then. Um, one of my favorites in the world. And uh, we were talking about a bunch of different things. And one of them we got into was the talent in the league. And she's around, you know, Van Gundy and those, and Mark Jackson will tell you how terrible it is. And Charles will do that all the time. Nothing could be further from the truth. The fact is that the league is desperate for talent for expansion and the jazz are a good example of this if you look at our roster 13 through five there's not a huge discrepancy like if you start to rank after rudy and donovan's pretty special the players there's just not a big deal think about epe udo who's really good was out of this league Joe Ingles, who's really good, barely made this league. How will Neto can play? Shelvin Mack last year can play. These are the guys that are, if we expand, they get a larger role. They're perfectly ready for it. If you expand, you're not going to be good because it's a star-driven league and you won't have a star. But we have enough talent for this league to expand. The league has not expanded Since Charlotte. That's a long time ago. The league. So it's the league is ripe for from a talent standpoint of expansion. What they can't find. Is the right the right way to do it. They they, want to do Mexico City. That's the money play is to expand into Mexico City. I think I talked about this yesterday, actually, or maybe Monday. And they won't expand until they can figure out Mexico City. But that will be the next expansion. But anyone who's talking, Doris and I were talking about this yesterday, like the idea that the league's not ready for expansion couldn't be further from the truth. The last expansion was 88-89. Unless I'm forgetting somebody. When the Bobcats came in. That's the longest stretch we've gone without adding franchises simultaneously We've had a huge international explosion. Simultaneously, young kids around want to play basketball. So there's no there's no talent issue here. It's just a question of finances and making it right for the other owners. That's the only thing precluding it. You, the, the reason why old-timers quibble at today's game, because part of the the process of the beauty of the of the game is the passage of legacy. So, for example, if you think about, like, great guards, like Bob Cousy became, I don't know, Tiny Archibald, who became Isaiah Thomas, who became Allen Iverson. And you talked about that evolution. And, like, then there was the big guard. So Oscar Robertson became Magic Johnson, who became, you know, the Ben Simmons. 
when when the old guys talk in that regard, when George Mikan becomes Kareem, Wilt Chamberlain, who becomes Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who becomes David Robinson, who becomes Akeem Olajuwon, who becomes the you know the Joel Embiid, they're fine. That that's okay for them to talk about those items. The minute that conversation goes to Steph Curry, Giannis Adetokounmpo, some of these players that are different than we've ever seen before, and you can't take a direct lineage to who they are because they're playing the game so dramatically different, that's when these guys get upset. Like, if you say Steph Curry is the best player in the game, they don't have a reference point to that where somebody of their generation is able to be involved in that conversation, and so then they get upset. And then if you're Charles, who actually did shoot the three quite a lot and would would be great in this era, you know, you have the the back-to-the-basket game that's gone, and so you lament that. But that is truly why you hear these old-timers talking about the state of the game. The state of the game is fabulous. The talent level is remarkable. And the player development that's going on is equally. The, the franchises that are willing to play or develop and are not are pretty dramatically different. You look at the Rockets and the Clippers. They've been really good, but they're not developing anyone. You look at Brooklyn, the Jazz. There are younger teams that aren't as good. They're developing talent. And it's going to be fascinating to watch. Toronto is a great mix of both. They're really developing talent. They're really good, by the way. They're like the third best team in the NBA right now. I mean, the other two are ridiculous. But, um, and we'll talk about Toronto coming up here in a second. Uh, but I, I think that's what's, that's what's taking place uh, and why you hear that. And so when you hear that, and then that relates off to people saying, well, the game now the game's better. There's more talent. There's more available players, and we haven't expanded. We're we're prime for expansion. I just want to share that conversation. Today's show brought to you in part by the Advocates. Matt over at the Advocates has built the Advocates up over 25 years as a injury attorneys to help you out. He says, "Hey, we're not ashamed for being there for people when they're in a time for need." When I sat down with Matt, I said, I need to understand what sets you apart, right? There's a lot of ads you hear. There's a lot of different people. He says, I can't speak for them, but I can speak for us. And he said, what we've done over 25 years is we've gotten better every year by building a 106-step process by which we walk through and make sure that we first get good results, two, make sure nothing bad happens, and three, treat people well. There's, there's a best experience that everyone can have, and they map that out with their knowledge of how this works. What he basically said to me is accidents are different, but the process is the same. Less than 1% go to trial, 3% go to arbitration. So, therefore, there is an art to exactly what you're doing, particularly with the insurance companies. And so you have to have a process that is efficient. Efficiency means productivity, which means communication, means expediting the process, and experts at the task – 
inside that process. So what they do is they have people whose jobs are of those 106 steps I talked about, absolute experts that do that 106 step, whether it's getting the paperwork for the insurance company, whether it's dealing with the medicals, whether it's dealing with the police reports. Each individual in their office is an expert at those things, allowing the lawyers to do what lawyers do and to communicate with you. You'll get a call within 24 no, wait, you'll get a call with it. Not 24 hours. You'll get a call within like 60 seconds. Sorry, I don't know where I got that. Not 24 minutes. You'll get a call within 60 seconds when you call the advocates. 801-355-5550. That's 801-355-5550. Find out about what the, uh, Matt has built with the 106-step process that separates who the advocates are. All right, NBA 5 on a Wednesday. I don't think people are talking enough about Toronto. So there's three. There's a way I love judging NBA talent, which or NBA teams, which is teams where every they're positive when everybody's on the bench. In other words, they never drop off. Golden State has that right now. Houston has that. San Antonio's awfully close. Lamar, they're they're point three p, minus point three with Lamarcus Aldridge off. The one other team in the NBA that has that is Toronto. So you play 48 minutes of positive basketball. This is also very similar to, you know, my belief of pack, which is you want all positive possession users on the floor. The negative possession users are a killer. Um, and that's... That is a huge part that I think is still undervalued and not talked about. It's a little bit of why Oklahoma City, I just, I don't know why people think they're going to get that much better. I mean, Russ is off. Okay, so Russ is having a bad year. He gets better, but they're still below average possession users. That makes it very, very difficult. And and you just don't get better that way. Toronto is doing that well. The Denver game the other night was incredible. So, Denver has the ball against Oklahoma City tied with 40 seconds left in the game. Now, the first thing you have to do if you're Denver is play two for one. Right? Tie game, you've got to make sure you're going to get two shots for their one. You've got to make sure that you give yourself enough time that you're going to get another opportunity here. Okay, that, that, that's the first thing. Out of a timeout, this is not particularly difficult to do, frankly. Instead, Denver comes out of the timeout with 48 seconds left, and... Jamal Murray takes a 23-foot step, 25-foot step back three and misses at 31 on the clock. So they don't even really give themselves enough time for two for one. So they do that terribly. The rebound comes down and they get it with 29 seconds left. Sorry, I turned the volume on because I was going to watch this terrible possession again and then analyze it for you, just decided not to. Um, but, I mean, they didn't develop. Any, they ran a high pick and roll. 
Jokic went and set a cross screen. It doesn't develop. Like, Murray's just going one-on-one with 33 seconds. Nobody's even moving. There was no play, no action, nothing. I mean, it was so bad. Anthony rebounds with 28 seconds left. And then, 14 seconds later, Denver commits a foul because they have a foul to give. Mike Malone's explanation didn't make a lot of sense. Some people think it was to get substitutions in. But by committing that foul, he now gave up the five-second differential that he had to get the ball back. He takes Jokic out because he's so bad defensively. He takes Trey Lyles out because he's not very good defensively. Brings in a two-way contract kid named Craig who fouls Westbrook with two seconds left. Westbrook makes one of the two free throws, and Oklahoma City wins. And Denver has no time left to go with the next possession. As badly managed an end-of-clock situation as I've seen. Stunning, really. For an NBA coach, these coaches are great. Stunning. Last night, equally stunning. Washington, by the way, with John Wall is pretty good. When Wall, when they have Wall and Beal on the floor together, they're plus 10. They're, they're, they're pretty good. So keep an eye on them rising up to catch. I, I, I think we're going to get the four at the top of the East we thought we were going to get. Boston, Cleveland, Toronto, Washington. But last night, they went up 30 on the Pelicans in Washington going into that fourth quarter. Little surprised that the Pelicans that that happened to the Pelicans again. So now the Pelicans are 8, Jazz are 9, Thunder are up to 7 at 15 and 15. Minnesota's 18 and 13 kind of above the crew. Denver's at 16 and 14, Portland's at 16 and 14. This is the day we always kind of check on where what they're all doing. It's kind of my Wednesday NBA 5 is, is keeping an eye on on what what they're doing. Portland has to never play home ever again. <laughs> when they they lost their four games at home, they're now back. They play the Spurs tonight. Spurs are sitting Kawhi Leonard and Tony Parker before they play us the next night. For Here's Portland's upcoming stretch. Pretty interesting. San Antonio at home, Denver at home, big game. At the Lakers on a back-to-back home. Then they're off for five days. But they're all over the map. They came home from that East Coast road trip being Brooklyn, Washington, New York. They got and then came back to lose five in a row. Then they won three in a row. Then they lost the other night to Minnesota. I haven't watched that game yet. I'm planning on it. So they're back home. Spurs, Nuggets here. And I'm not sure Portland entirely knows who they are. That would be the other comment I have. Portland was this elite-level defensive team for part of the season, which I'm not sure is totally a sustainable model for them. I just don't know if I think that that Lillard and McCollum can be elite-level defensive teams. They're better, as I said, on the road than they are at home, which is just... They're all inverse. Everything about them is inverse. Over their 30-game stretch, if you kind of look at them in 10-game snippets, which is a way I like to look at teams, they're not, like the weirdest thing is they're not shooting well, but they do have Evan Turner playing instead of Alan Crabb, which is a big change. 
Their defense for games 1 through 10 was 4th. Their defense 11 through 20 was 3rd. Their defense games 21 through 30 has been 17th, and their offense is not improving. So that's a little worrisome if you're the Minnesota, if you're the Portland Trailblazers. The Pelicans, who got blasted last night, and I keep keeping – I actually – like keep fool, get fooled are the worst defensive team in the league the last 20 games in the NBA. Their offense is rolling, but they are not defending all. They are last in the league defensively over the last 20 games. Really over the last 10 in its league. They were 20. They started the first 10 games, they were 7th. Next 10 games, they were 23rd. Last, three game, last 10 games, they were 30th. That might be the boogie. Thing. The the word is spreading around the league that everyone hates to play with him in New Orleans now too. They, by the way, were eleven and eight. They have won four of their last twelve. And they are on the road in Orlando, Miami before getting a break. They play a lot of soft games. They, they play they should win their they should be on a five game win streak by the time we see them January third in our building. I I'm not sure what happened. Denver, I just talked about, but there are also weird stuff going on with Denver. They're not starting Jokic, even though he's healthy. Uh, they're pulling him for offense, defense with Plumley. There's weird stuff going on there right now. They're great at home. That altitude kicks in. They, they've built that back up. They're 11-2 and two at home. They play about three or four possessions faster at home. Um, and they've got... The same, remember, they were a terrible defensive team. Since Millsap's injury, they're back to being a terrible defensive team. Last 10 games, they're 28th in the league defensively. Last 15 games, they're 28th in the league defensively. Great offense, terrible defense. So all these teams in around us are not, and then Oklahoma City's offense is brutal. That might improve a little bit. So as much as we're scuffling and just trying to survive this stretch... Nobody else looks much better. Something's wrong with everyone in the West. Makes things pretty interesting. That is Locked on Jazz today. Make sure you play Draft Wednesday with some friends. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day.